Hello, everyone. This is Father Bill Nicholas, and this is Faith, Hope, and History. Greetings and welcome, everybody. It is Friday, December 23rd, 2022. It was on this day in 1814 that British troops landed in New Orleans during the War of 1812. After the New Year, a few days after the Treaty of Ghent ended the war, but before news reached uh, New Orleans and the United States in general, the Battle of New Orleans would take place. But as a prelude to the battle, the British troops on this day landed in New Orleans. And in two days, we will celebrate Christmas. And while we have leaders throughout the world giving their Christmas messages and their Christmas wishes. In England, for the first time, King Charles III will give his first Christmas message as the monarch. I don't suppose I'm going to get into you know, the formal Christmas message, but I, I like to talk about not just Christmas, but the whole season and the whole cycle that we, at least in the Catholic Church, and many other Christian denominations have been in the midst of, while the rest of the world has been on Christmas mode for the last few weeks, at least since Thanksgiving, and of course, with the shops having their special Christmas sales during the lull before the big shopping uh, frenzy, have been in Christmas mode since early October, really. And in that, in light of that, uh, I always like to give the United States a break when people bemoan the fact that we don't have a Christmas season in the United States. It's more Christmas Day and, and maybe New Year's. But in fact, we do have a holiday season that is centered on Christmas. So even if you're not Christian, you could still call it the Christmas season because Christmas is at the heart of this period. And it begins on Thanksgiving and ends on New Year's. Begins with a parade in New York and ends with a parade in Pasadena. It begins with a football game, or actually any number of football games, and ends with a football game, or any number of football games. And at the heart of it is, of course, Christmas. And whether one is Christian or not, people celebrate Christmas, or in some cases, Hanukkah. It is a national holiday that is religious, a religious holiday recognized by the nation. Which is ironic because in our current secular uh, atmosphere, where people want to push aside all things religious, or if there's any kind of an endorsement of anything religious, then the atheists of the country or their organizations do a lot of complaining, saying there's a separation of church and state, where they confuse freedom of religion with freedom from religion, and forgetting the separation of church and state is not a protection of the uh, state from the church, but rather it's a protection of the church from the state, be that as it may, they celebrate a religious holiday. And yes, there are many who want to take Christ out of Christmas uh, on one of the news apps, I believe it was Fox the other day, there was an article on why Christmas is for more than just Christians. And, give, and gave their reasons why it's more of a secular holiday, the spirit of generosity, when all is said and done, what's the phrase? Jesus is the reason for the season. We're celebrating Christ, whether they know it or not. And perhaps it's a clever way in which God is bringing even atheists 
unless they're that stubborn that they don't celebrate Christmas, God is bringing even atheists one way or another to give a nod to the birth of Christ, even if people are trying to secularize the holiday. But we as Christians, and in particular as Catholics, have a whole season that is surrounding this particular holiday. It doesn't begin with Thanksgiving and end with New Year's, but rather it begins with the first Sunday of Advent and ends with the feast day of Epiphany, which traditionally is January 6th, 12 days after Christmas, or more often uh, than not, nowadays, it is on the second Sunday following Christmas. So this year, we had, believe it or not, four full weeks of Advent, and we'll have two full weeks of Christmas. And the season of Advent, of course, begins with us remembering what our Advent is as Catholics and as Christians. It's not awaiting for the first coming of Jesus, but rather awaiting the second coming of Jesus. And up until December 17th, we are remembering that second coming that is our Advent. But then once December 17th comes and we enter into the octave before Christmas, we are now on Christmas mode. I often like to joke with people and say, you know, don't say Merry Christmas, say Happy Advent. But once we reach the 17th of December, then we can start saying Merry Christmas because we're in the octave of Christmas. Of course, people say Merry Christmas either way. It's, it's no big deal. But to keep people aware and, and to enhance certain awareness, I like to remind people of that. And that while in many cases we see people getting their Christmas trees and all the Christmas decorations are up the day after Thanksgiving or perhaps even the weekend of Thanksgiving, as Catholics, at least traditionally, their Christmas trees don't go up until the second Sunday of Advent. It's a progression. It's not suddenly everything goes up at once, and then everything comes down the day after Christmas. The Christmas tree traditionally goes up the second Sunday of Advent, and then at a certain point, the Christmas crash, the crib scene goes up, and of course, Jesus is placed in the manger on Christmas Day, and in many cases, people even exclude the three wise men until the very last day of Christmas. And Catholics hold on to that Christmas tree until Epiphany Sunday. So we have the tree and the decorations for quite a while, even if we don't put them up right away. Now, of course, if people do that, it's, it's really no big deal. It's no violation of anything. But I like to remind people to remember that we are Catholics. We are Christians. And let's celebrate this in a Christian way. There's nothing wrong with putting up your tree right after Thanksgiving. But as we remember, we're Catholics, and this is how... Catholics, and this is how Christians celebrate Advent, it might be a good uh, motivation for us to do it differently because this is what we do together as a church. This is how we observe Advent together. And of course, Christmas doesn't end on Christmas Day. We're celebrating Christmas up through the Feast of the Holy Family, which this year will be the Friday after Christmas because the Sunday after Christmas is January 1st, and of course is the solemnity of the motherhood of Mary. We celebrate Mary as mother of God. Normally, Holy Family Sunday is the Sunday after Christmas, but when Christmas falls on a Sunday and the motherhood of Mary solemnity falls on a Sunday, then Holy Family occurs on Friday, and then two Sundays after Christmas we have the Feast of the Epiphany. So it is quite um, an involved season. It's quite an involved cycle in which Advent is at least four Sundays. It can be as little as three weeks, and as many as it is this year as four weeks. But it's at least four Sundays. I believe next year we'll see three full weeks of Advent, even as we have four Sundays, because Christmas will be on a Monday. And we have 
at least 12 days of Christmas. This week, this year, we have 14 days of Christmas, two full weeks until Epiphany Sunday. In some cases, it could be even, even less. If Christmas is on a Saturday, then it's just eight days of Christmas before we get to Epiphany. So it's not really at least 12 days. No, it could be at least eight days, and at most 14 days. So as we celebrate Christmas, let's, let's keep that in mind, that it's not just one day that we celebrate, but it's a whole cycle and it's a whole season. Our nation celebrates a whole season of the holidays that's centered on Christmas. So keep calling it the Christmas season. Keep calling it Christmas vacation when your kids are off. Remind people that Christmas is the reason for this entire holiday season and that we ultimately, whether we're Christian or not, celebrate Christmas. But there's also something else we celebrate whenever we come together as a nation and remembering Christmas. And that is our freedoms as Americans. Not just because Christmas is the anniversary of Washington crossing the Delaware in 1776. And there are other such anniversaries on Christmas as well, such as the coronation of Charlemagne. But not only Washington crossing the Delaware, but we live in a nation in which there is freedom of religion. And uh, one minor bone I'd like to pick with a lot of the pundits out there, including some conservative ones, uh, in this year in which Elon Musk has taken over Twitter and and people are, are happy that he's opened Twitter up now to freer speech and less regulated speech, less censorship. They often speak of freedom of speech as our first freedom as Americans. And Elon Musk and others like him are protecting our first freedom, the freedom of speech. Actually, it's not the first freedom. Believe it or not, it's not even the second freedom, although I'll, I'll give it as a second freedom. But when we look at the Bill of Rights closely, the First Amendment doesn't begin with freedom of speech. It begins with freedom of religion. And the reason I would say freedom of speech is the third freedom is because freedom of religion has two parts. It's the only right in that First Amendment that has two parts, the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause. Most people remember the Establishment Clause, that Congress and by default the government shall pass no law establishing a state religion. They often forget the second part of that clause, which is the Free Exercise Clause nor prohibit the free exercise thereof. So granted, it is our first freedom, but it's in two parts. And while I definitely cherish freedom of speech, it's at the heart of what I do as a, as a preacher and a speaker. I definitely cherish freedom of the press, even though, you know, whenever someone like Elon Musk suspends reporters from Twitter for just a couple of days or Presidents like President Trump suspended from the White House, his administration suspended from the White House, uh, one of the CNN reporters for a couple of days, and they went nuts because he's violating freedom of the press, forgetting that there were other reporters in the room, that they are not the only reporters there, and the other reporters were not um, suspended from Twitter or suspended from the White House. They're always screaming, freedom of the press, protect freedom of the press. It's tyranny if we don't have freedom of the press. They say it's tyranny if we don't have freedom of speech. No one is saying it's tyranny if we don't have freedom of religion, and yet it is. It is, because freedom of religion reminds us that the state is not the highest authority. Secular atheists, 
like to deny freedom of religion because they want the state to be God. They want the state to be the highest authority. But the first freedom we have in the Bill of Rights is not freedom of speech. At best, it's the second freedom. But if you count both clauses of the freedom of religion, it's the third freedom. But it's not the first. The first freedom is freedom of religion. And every year we remember that and celebrate that when as a nation, whether we are Christian or not, whether we believe in God or not, we come together and celebrate the birth of Christ. No matter how hard they try to secularize Christmas and take Christ out of Christmas, Christmas is there because of Christ. And as a nation, we celebrate a religious holiday. And that is a nod to our freedom of religion whenever we celebrate Christmas. And a reminder that our first freedom is freedom of religion. So the next time you hear a reporter or a commentator speak of our first freedom as freedom of speech, just, you know, quietly roll your eyes. Maybe you might even send them a text if they have that program, like some of the, uh, the, the uh, commentators do on, uh, on cable news. You can text them. Just politely text them and remind them or remind other people who might be listening, uh, excuse me, our first freedom is actually freedom of religion. And the first two freedoms is freedom of religion. We're free from a state religion, and we're free from the state stopping us from exercising our freedom of religion. So those are the first two freedoms that we have. Freedom from a state religion and freedom from an oppressive state stopping that worship, which unfortunately was terribly violated during the pandemic when the state took it upon themselves to order the closure of churches and maintain them. And perhaps some of our leaders cooperated a little too well, but others objected vehemently, and we saw that leadership in, in many uh, priests and in many bishops. But my bone is not with the leaders of the church. My bone that I pick is with the state that overstepped its bounds constitutionally. And let's remember that as we celebrate Christmas this year. And even as they overstepped their bounds and closed the churches, when they suggested maybe we should not get together for Christmas, maybe we should not travel for Christmas, many, in fact most, if not all, just simply ignored them. They had no right to dictate to us how we're going to celebrate this religious holiday. And so have a good Christmas. Remember it as Christians as we celebrate the birth of Christ, but also remember to celebrate it as Americans, a religious holiday recognized and celebrated by our country and celebrated even by secular atheists who just can't help themselves but give a nod to the birth of Christ. So have a good Christmas, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy New Year on January 1st, even though we have already been in the New Year 2023 since the first Sunday of Advent, our New Year as Catholics. So thank you for listening, and with any luck, I will talk to you again soon.